0: Welcome to Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Common Sense Leadership is an influencer podcast that will make you think, laugh, and act. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and tell a friend to also listen and subscribe. Now, let's join our host, Dr. L.D. Bennett.
1: Hi, and welcome to the last Friday of the month. This has been a very eventful month, and I'm excited about my guest today. Uh, My guest is is a really good friend of mine. And she is someone that I felt would be the perfect person to end and to wrap up our month. You know, our theme for the month is collaboration, building a supportive team for a successful career, building a supportive team for a successful career. And this woman has done some phenomenal work in her career. And I just knew, I knew instinctively, yeah, kinda cause I'm smart too, that she would be perfect to end our month. And I want to welcome my dear, dear friend, uh, Susan Jen Davis, Esquire. Susan, welcome. Thanks LD, it's a pleasure to be recorded um, and on <laughs> camera uh, to talk
0: about these important issues. So thanks for having
1: me. And I wanna tell you a quick story about SJD and that's our nickname for her. Uh, she's a small woman, a tiny woman. And you know, a tiny woman with a big voice, big passion and big vision. I met her several years ago as we were working together with the Betsy Magnus Leadership Institute, which is a part of the Women in Cable Telecommunications program. And I tell you, SJD did a phenomenal job and has been doing a phenomenal job in that uh, equity, diversity, inclusion and belonging space. And she is a phenomenal, phenomenal facilitator, a program designer. And she and I are kind of the mischievous ones on the team. We kind of always pulling practical jokes and stuff. And so I wanted to start that off because I want her to then share with us her leadership journey. She has a very interesting leadership journey. So SJD, if you would please share with us your leadership journey. Well, first I
0: wanna start by saying, I resent the fact that you say that I'm a small person um, (laughs) because it's kind of funny, uh, but all my life I was placed in a position of leadership. You know, as a child of immigrants, my parents relied on me uh, ever since I was a child. So I was always speaking and representing and advocating for others You know, as a very, very young child. And it wasn't until I grew up and people kept saying, you're so tiny, you're so small, you're so little, that because I, I didn't think of myself that way. Because I was never put in a position to feel small in the roles I had to play. And then I started looking in the mirror and saying, wait a second, maybe I am kind of small physically. <laughs> so it kind of goes to, to show that you know, what's in your mind is sort of what's more important than 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 who you are physically, right? That we can actually go beyond our physical beings and become the people we're meant to be. So, I mean, that's kind of a, an introduction and not an answer to your question. Uh, but in terms of my career, you know, you, you want to talk about collaboration. And I looked up the definition of it, and it is action of working with someone to produce or create something. And I think that my career has been about that people have collaborated with me on my career. So part of collaboration is around, you know, how do others empower you? How do they build you up? How do they push you up, pull you up in order to put you in a position to advance your career? And that's been a lot of, of what I've seen throughout the years I've been uh, working. Um, it's been about inclusion, you know, as a person of color, kid of immigrants, um, we, we were used to not being in rooms, we were used to not being invited in, uh, we were used to being excluded. And so my career has been around being included, people bringing me into rooms where it happens, people opening doors for me. So that's one theme. The second theme is around visibility. So again, particularly when you're Asian American, the sense of being invisible the invisible minority, um, and yet the, also the chronic and forever foreigner, um, and then also the model minority. You know, there's there's not a lot of humanity in those in those stereotypes, and so the fact that I had bosses that that gave me visibility, that saw me, you know, they saw past this, the hair, the face, the look, uh, the stature, and said, you know what, I see something special there. I want to unlock that. I'm going to, I'm going to give you visibility. Um, And, and I think that that's particularly important, you know, being a minority where you, you feel invisible on the one hand when it comes to people giving you opportunities, but then you're very visible on the other hand, when it comes to stereotypes and things that label you and put you down and dehumanize you. So I think that's really been my career. And all along the way, I've been given chances to do more and more and more and to understand my power from within and to use my skills and transfer them to varieties of jobs that maybe I wasn't qualified for on the one hand, because I hadn't had relevant experience, but I had the skills. And I knew I was going to have the work ethic because my mom would kill me if I didn't work really hard and compete. Uh, that's a whole nother story, LD. Um, But, but yeah, that, that was really my career. And to reinvent myself and invent myself and create new abilities um, on the shoulders of others who have who pulled me up and, and sponsored me and supported me. And so the latest role I had was I was the first chief sustainability officer of Comcast NBC Universal. What a great honor, right? A great opportunity. And it was because people felt that it was an important role and I could play that role. And I was able to achieve so many things and to learn so much and to be enriched and to grow a team and to, to make an impact on the environment, you know, do the right thing. Uh, so the theme of my career has been around all of that. And again, collaboration is an important part of that.
1: Thanks, thanks so much, SJD. And you mentioned something that I want you to kind of noodle out a little bit more. When you talked about getting opportunities where you didn't have the experience but had the skill. Talk about that a little bit more, because I know sometimes as people of color, sometimes we see an opportunity and we say, you know what? I really believe I can do that job if I just had the opportunity, if I just had someone to, to open a door for me. And you've talked about that and talk about, uh, like I said, noodle out a little bit more about experience versus skill, and then talk about some of the things that you've done in your career. You talk about people bringing you in, but you've also opened the door to bring others in too.
0: Sure, you know, I think it starts with sort of a mentality. And that's something we really have to work hard on. If we're women, if we're people of color, for children of immigrants, people who so-called don't belong here, you gotta get out of your head the fact that that you shouldn't be there in the first place, or I'm just so grateful to have a job. You know, get out of that mentality and say to yourself, you know, I'm better than that. I'm, I'm capable. I'm, I'm talented, I'm skilled, I can do anything. Um, and and take away the limitations that the world has put on you. Because I think part of it is that, because there's opportunities that get presented to you either because somebody notices you and says, hey, you could be good for that. Or because you say, hey, pick me. Or because there's some sort of familiarity between you and somebody in power. And they're like, you know, you remind me of myself when I was your age, or you remind me of my child or, or somebody I know. You know, so you have that relational, relatability thing that that works. So for whatever whatever it is, um, and you may not have some of those options if you're if you're a person of color, by the way, if you're a woman. So then your ability to have initiative, to have the confidence to say, I'm willing to do it. Give me give me a chance to show you how I can take my skills. I'm really good at problem solving. I'm really good at thinking outside the box. I'm really good at. Um, being resilient and, and turning, you know, at, at any point in time to change course, you know, being flexible—all um, those skills are necessary for that job. And so, I, I've never been chief sustainability officer. I've never done sustainability per se as a full-time job. But I know that the things I've done have set me up to be successful in that job. So, it starts with the mentality, and it it it, it, it has to have somebody that's going to sponsor you. And then you've gotta be able to show that what you've done can take you there. Um, And I think all of that sort of has helped me along the way.
1: Mm -hmm. I I like what you just said and talk a little bit more about uh, just finding that right person. You know, part of uh, the other part of what we wanna talk about this month is how do you build that team? How do I, if I'm a a person of color, which I am, uh, stunningly attractive and arrestingly charming, by the way, uh, how does a person of color, I know, right? And so modest, Uh, how does a person of color then say, you know, you're in a big organization or you're new to an organization, how do you then move in and say, hey, uh, pick me, pick me! Oh, please pick me! How? Who are the people we need to connect with, and and how do we need to start that process? Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the jokes that my team um, has with me is if I bring them into my office and I say I have an opportunity for you, they're like, "Oh, it's going to be something <laughs> I've never done. It's going to be complex, challenging. I'm going to not know if I'm capable of doing it." So it's funny. It's almost like a code word for like run. Do not walk away from Susan. Uh, so to me, it's it's about you know spotting talent and saying this person can do this job because they are really capable, competent, smart, hardworking, and they've done similar things. So it starts with that the the, the spotting of talent, and then it's on the person to say. I will take that on. So it takes a certain, but you know, it's kind of like your parent, right? My mother was always telling me how great I was because I'm Korean um, and how much better I was because I'm Korean um, and would push me up, you know, into new opportunities and, and challenges. And I didn't believe her for a long time, but later on I realized, wait a second, her support, her foundation is what gave me the confidence to try, right? So you need that confidence to try, and then just go for it. You need to also just take risks and you just need to put yourself out of your comfort zone. And what I've done a lot of times, particularly with Asian Americans in the workplaces, is is to kind of replicate what my mother did for me. And what's really interesting is we grew up a lot like that. So I know that they can relate to that mother or parent figure that says, you know, you're better, you're gonna do it. Um, You know, I know you can do it, you better do it which is kind of what my mother also did, the fear factor. Um, And yet at the workplace, we sometimes leave ourselves behind. And what I try to encourage Asian Americans or even people of color is is you, you know that the superpowers you got as a result of being you, the adversity, the racism, the discrimination, the exclusion, the intergenerational trauma, those bestow upon you superpowers. And you're using them at home with your family, but you're not bringing them into the workplace. Bring them into the workplace. Cause guess what? They're going to make you successful. And so that's what I try to do is, and, and I'm I mean, in a lot of ways, I'm talking to the young me because I, I needed somebody to say that to me. And I didn't have a lot of people look like me that would say that to me, but I did have a lot of sponsors anyway, a lot of white male, white female sponsors. Don't get me wrong. But so the, I try to tap into that. And help people to bring themselves their full selves to work because the stuff they're leaving at home is the stuff that's going to make them successful they just don't know it they don't realize it or maybe they've been discouraged from doing it by society by expectations by stereotypes whatever it is but i'm telling you right now you're stronger and better you're an olympic athlete because of the things that have been thrown at you you've been working a hundred times harder than a lot of people because of who you are. And that makes you stronger, better, more athletic, more ready uh, for the next challenge. So that's the kind of conversations that I try to have with people from what I learned in my, in my career.
1: You know, that what you just said, uh, so so much reminded me of the lessons that I got coming up from my parents and, and from the people that were important in my life. And I think it is a consistent thread throughout the lives and careers of most people of color. We were always taught and encouraged that, hey, you are good enough, you can do this. And, and you know, I know from, a, from the perspective of being an African-American, we were taught that we had to do twice as much and sometimes three times as much just to be considered an equal. So people worked harder and harder and we just gave, gave, gave. And then it brings me to another point that you just made is then after you do that, then bring that to work with you because that's a, a part of who you are. And you know what? I, I wanna really get to something else because I got two things I wanna ask you. And then I wanna get to a topic that we're all very concerned about and we're all very passionate about. So what I want you to do is if you would, uh, SJD, give uh, give my listeners, uh, individuals a call to action. Action, that you would say to them now. this week, this is what I want you to, to work on. This is what I want you to focus in on. So first, uh, what would you tell an individual? And then we're gonna go to organizations.
0: So my call to action really is around a few things that I say all the time to people. And I wish that someone would have said that to me as a, as a younger person. And the first is to use your voice. You know, use it for yourself as your own advocate. Use it for others to help others. Um, Oftentimes, as people of color, women, definitely as Asian Americans, we are silenced. Uh, I don't know why we're silenced. We're silenced because maybe we think that we don't matter, uh, because we've been excluded, because we think of ourselves as the foreigner, because we... We've been taught culturally just keep your head down and work, whatever the case is, is you got to use your voice. That's a call to action. The second thing I would say is to be authentic and to be confident in who you are because it is what you bring. And hiding it or obscuring it or pretending like your identity, who you are, doesn't matter or isn't important, or even worse yet, is something that's a negative, is really not going to fool anybody because people are going to see you for who you are. So act confidently and understand your superpowers because of the experiences that you've had, because of who you are. Those unique things are the things from which we draw our powers. The third thing I would say is don't forget about the next person below you. Put your hand out and pull others with you because that's part of gratitude generosity comes from gratitude because much was given to you you must give to others and the final call to action i would say is give to your community more than ever now our communities are hurting and if you're from a community of color you were hurting before you're hurting more there's a lot of pain and suffering out there there's a lot that we can do to help others, to empower others, to support others, to be a voice for others, to be an advocate for others. Now is the time, it is always the right time to do what is right. So that's my call to action. And I feel very urgent about it. And I'm hoping that you all take me up on it and move forward powerfully.
1: Wonderful. Now, if you would share a call to action or a calls to action Uh, with organizations, you've been guiding organizations uh, throughout your entire career, and, and most especially, most recently. Talk about the kinds of things that you want to see organizations to do around collaboration, helping people be their best. So my call to action to organizations is,
0: remember, it takes only one person to make a movement. A lot of times when you're in a big organization, you think, this is too big of a place for just me to make an impact, but I really don't agree with that at all. If you look at some of the biggest movements that have happened in the past couple years, you will see that they started with one person, a young person who cares about the environment, Greta Thunberg, who's become a voice of sustainability and thinking about the world and climate change. When you look at Black Lives Matter and young people of all color, um of all all races, all ethnicities coming together one at a time and creating a movement. So create a movement wherever you are. And I am convinced that whatever your job is, you can make a difference in, in, in many different ways. If you wanna be sustainable, you can start a green team in your own department where you look for ways to reduce waste. You bring your own utensils to work instead of using plastic you figure out a way for the department that you work for to operate in a in a more sustainable way if you care about diversity you know reach out to your company to start employee resource groups or join them if they already have them get involved you know take initiative to start maybe a community outreach program in your company in your organization because you want to see that that external impact to the community that I talked about earlier. Each one of us can make a difference. And when we do these things, we bring others with us. We become role models. We create incentives in others to do what we're doing. We have an impact that is bigger than just ourselves. So that is my call to action when you're in a large organization, small organization, whatever organization you find yourself in, you can make a difference. You can bring others around with you. And you can do something bigger than yourselves.
1: Wow! Uh, and you know what, uh, Susan? I love uh, listening to you, and I love the way you give uh, individuals prescriptive advice. Uh, it's, it's it's beyond the awareness piece, and now it's time for action. Which brings me to, and I'm going to let you go on this. Which brings me to uh, an, an opportunity. I want to give you some parting words around uh, what's happening in our society right now, today. Uh, we have experienced over the last, uh, gosh, the last five years, just an assault on minorities, people of color. And first we you know, we had the Black Lives Matters movement. We had people from all over the globe and it wasn't just here in the US, but we had young people. We had individuals from all over the world joining the movement because black lives do matter. But then what we also had to look at was black lives matter, but now we, we see this assault on our AAPI brothers and sisters, and what? And I'm reminded of something. Whenever I see all of this, and I said I posted something on all of my social media uh, platforms about it. I said I stand with my AAPI brothers and sisters. Blatant acts of racism can never be tolerated, diminished, trivialized, or even blown off as oh, somebody's having a bad day. No, we are being targeted. Not just Asian Americans, not just Black lives but all people of color are being targeted. I had the opportunity several years ago to visit Israel and I was going through the Holocaust Museum there and, and I was, I, I'm bastardizing this phrase, but <clears throat> go through it and there's, a, there's an area where it shows uh, how the Jewish communities were set up and how they were living. And there was, there's a quote that said, when they came for my neighbors, I said nothing. And then tomorrow, what today they came for me, and there was no one to speak for me. We can never isolate ourselves and say, oh, that's an AAPI issue or that's a black folks issue. It's a people Mm -hmm. issue. Racism can never, ever be tolerated. You can't blow it off. You can't joke about it. It is not funny. And so what I wanted you to do, and I know how passionate you are about this subject. And so what I wanted to do, uh, SJD, Mm -hmm. is give you the parting words here. Are you gonna see more about her on my website? But I do wanna give her the last words to talk about her position, how she feels about this. Obviously she's passionate about it, but I want you to hear her perspective. So SJD, if you would talk about that, please.
0: I'm really glad you started with the people point LD. So there's this uh, Buddhist meme circulating around where someone consults with a Buddhist monk and says, what do we do for others? What should we do for others? And the monk says, there are no others. And the concept there is that we are all one. There's not us and them. You start with the perspective that it is about the community that we all are part of. So if one of us is hurting, if one of us is being harmed, if one of us is, is feeling discrimination and being excluded, if if one of us is being killed because of who we are, it's all of our problem. And what I really appreciated about the Black Lives Matter movement is it wasn't about black people saying we matter, please see us and think of us and and see us as people, humanize us. It was about everybody coming together and saying, we believe that black lives matter. And I have a t-shirt that says Asians for Black Lives Matter because it is my problem when somebody doesn't matter. So on that on that basis, I would say the, the hate crimes against the Asian American community in this country have increased by 150%. And year over year, it has gotten worse for those of us of Asian descent. There's a lot of reasons for it, but for whatever reason, today it is finally reaching the airwaves and people are realizing what we have realized has been going on throughout history in America, where we have been targeted, where there have been hate crimes, where you know some of us have, have experienced the concentration camps during World War II because we were of Japanese descent. So the Chinese Exclusion Act, this is part of our history in America. But at this moment in time, people are finally seeing us. And I think part of the issue with hate crimes is the lack of visibility, that people who are targeting us are not seeing us as human beings but seeing us as character caricatures stereotypes images that represent to people that a threat that represent to people the reason that the covid virus spread across the world are are the reason for us losing jobs whatever the reason is it's a dehumanization that is creating this this anger this this violence this death in our community. So the first thing I would say is we must humanize one another and realize that all of us are part of that one community. There are no others. The second thing I would say is that we need others to speak for us at the same time, that this is not something that Asian Americans alone must fight, but that all of us together must begin to dismember the racist institutions and the racism that exists in our society today. And that is gonna take a lot of hard work and commitment, but that ultimately it will result in, in a community building that needs to happen out of this. So to me, LD, this is a moment in time where we can begin to truly build community, but that will mean that we will have to take on institutions, take on perceptions, take on stereotypes, take on things that we have grown up with all our lives, that we have been taught in schools, that we have seen in media images, and begin to destroy those things and to see one another as people and not objects, as stereotypes and images. And as we do that hard work, I I have hope that we will have a better future, but it will take all of us at the table trying to solve this problem.
1: Wow, you are so so right, and I, I want to end our conversation and and definitely put, uh, put a comma here because I know we'll continue talking about it. But one of the things you talked about was community, and I and I do appreciate uh, all of our uh, brothers and sisters, our white brothers and sisters, our Jewish brothers and sisters, and our brothers and sisters globally who have been, who have joined the movement. I do want to give a big shout out to our millennials, the generation X, Y, and Zers, or whatever they are, because these young people have stood up and they've said, "You know what? This is not the kind of society we want. This is not the kind of community. This is not the kind of world we want." And so we can all do this together, just as we're, just as with the civil rights movement, where there were there were whites walking with Martin Luther King Jr., there were there were Jewish individuals walking with us, freedom riders, and so we all, to your point. This This is our community. We are better than this, which is something I have had as a a familiar refrain on my platforms is we are better than this. We are better than this. There's a small segment of our population that's cancerous and toxic, but that's not all of us. And so I'm gonna say to yeah. you, I'm gonna join SJD. For those of you that have, been, that have been supporting and have been promoting, continue to do that, continue to help us build community. And we can only do that through collaboration, working together talking with one another and figuring out what each other's perspective is. Because, hey, we only have one Earth. We're not going anywhere else. This is it. And we want to build community together. I want to thank my guest, Susan Jen Davis Esquire. You know, she doesn't talk very much about it, but Susan is an attorney and she's a fierce one, as you can tell susan thank you i love you for coming on i love your perspective we're going to do more of this hopefully you can fit us in your busy schedule as you're moving forward a uh, best wishes to your dad and to your daughter and to your family wishing you all the best and thanks for coming on hey everybody have a great friday thanks susan <laughs> thanks for tuning in and for supporting me i don't take your support for granted i am both grateful and humbled Join us next week for another episode and remember to subscribe and ask others to subscribe. Go to our website at commonsenseleadership.org for more detail. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast and omni-channel experience is brought to you by the Walter Cates Foundation, the entertainment and telecommunication industry's leading national foundation dedicated to advocacy around diversity, equity, and inclusion and we are proud to have them as our signature partner. We are very grateful for their generosity and for their support. To learn more, visit WalterCates.org. Thank you for joining
0: Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Visit our website,
1: commonsenseleadership.org for more details. See you next week.